broad review Wear a couple of broads, count them too Talk about everything that affects us But for Pete's sake, don't correct us Seriously Just settle in, kick off your shoes It's time to tune into the Broad Review Hello everyone Hi Welcome to the Broad Review my name is Emily. I'm Tiffany. And we are coming at you live from our professional audio studio. You may notice that <laughs> cut, the audio almost doesn't sound fucking terrible. And <laughs> you may be wondering, what happened? What yeah. happened, Tiffany? Yeah, so um, you know that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're freezing at the fire and <laughs> one of them is wearing two pairs of gloves and he's like, do you want my second pair of gloves? My hands are sweating. <laughs> I've had a, a, a MacBook sitting on my desk under my PC <laughs> collecting dust because uh, it's hard to use for work because it's small, whatever. And I don't even remember how it came up. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we've been recording on uh, my Microsoft Surface, which is not made for audio <laughs> recording at all. So I've had to try hacks on how to get two microphones being used so it doesn't echo and so it's loud enough. And so, I mean, we've tried everything in every different setting. <laughs> and then I think, wasn't it uh, add to playlist that they're like, we use a MacBook, we use GarageBand. I think so. And then Tiffany's like, well, I have a MacBook. Why don't we try this? So we looked up a tutorial on how to do it. It literally took us fucking 20 minutes to set up. (laughs) And it sounds heads and tails above what it used to. So I'm sorry that I let you spiral (laughs) out of control into sound engineering hell. So hello. I'm very excited that we have that hopefully now permanently solved. So now we never sound shitty again. We are also now independently on tracks, which you may have noticed that I tend to be a little bit louder. I'm a mouse. And and (laughs) Tiffany has a little mouse voice. And so now when I'm yelling, I can turn my volume down and (laughs) Tiffany's a little bit up. So I don't just fucking scream over her. So... Uh, Because we can't tell you not to scream. It's like the core of who you are. It is. It's It's like when I was like, I will giggle less. And you were like, no, No, that's what you do. That's what you are. Yeah. Don't change who you are. I'm a nervous, self-deprecating giggler and you're a yeller. I'm a fucking yeller. (laughs) Um, Speaking of uh, fucks, if you've never been to the Broad Review before. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Strap the fuck in. (laughs) (laughs) Strap the fuck on. Strap the fuck on because we uh, swear there are dick jokes. We are not for children. We are for adults who like swears and dick jokes. And like super witty banter and quality content. Right. Exactly. It, uh, yeah. If you're into that, we may be able to provide We're some gonna, of that. <laughs> We're going to do our best. Yes. So we have, I don't know, this may be the first episode where we are not on brand, but we can See if we can find a link with the reviews, because mm. the things mm. that we're reviewing today are really, really broad. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. How weird. Broad reviewing. Weird. Weird. We should call the podcast that. Yeah. So they may not be related, but if there is a relation, we'll find it. So, Tiffany, what you reviewing? So this week, I'm going to review something that I have been hesitant to do because I think I'm still emotional about it. <laughs> And um, I don't like to publicly cry. That happened once last season. Actually, 
I do publicly cry a lot. I cried at the Mariners game because you know what they did? They did a fucking military family reunion and I had already had like three beers and I think I had sunstroke and I was just sobbing. I was like, they, they didn't tell us I was going to. Oh my God, it was so freaking cute. So I, I don't know what I'm thinking, but this show, hey, Jesus Christ, it hits. It hits you in the guts. It hits you everywhere. And so the show I'm going to review this week, I'm going to do it because I'm never going to be fully ready. Yep. We're going to talk about Fleabag. Do it. Yes. Um, so Fleabag is um, on BBC, if you're fortunate enough to be to be British and have BBC access all the time. Um, if you're not, if you're one of the friggin' plebes like us, uh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It is two seasons. Season one came out in 2016. Really? I didn't realize how long ago that was until I wrote down when season two came out, which was 2019. Did you discover it in 2016 or was there a delay? No. I think I had... I don't remember when I watched it. It was either in 2017 or 18. I'm pretty sure Tracy told me about it. Mm. But neither of us can confirm that. She doesn't remember, and I don't <laughs> fully remember. But so, yeah, if you were a person that watched it in 2016, you have been waiting three years for season two. Wow. Um, and there are only six episodes. And that is something that British people have to stop fucking doing. Stop making <sighs> such yeah. amazing television. And then never again. And just giving me nibbles. Yeah. I mean... I already miss Catastrophe. Like, there's not going to be any more of it. Yeah. That's is 24 episodes of, like, one of the greatest shows ever. Yeah, they they are not known for nine seasons of hour-long episodes. no Grey's Anatomy bullshit. Yeah, no. <laughs> Season 37. I mean, Shonda Rhimes is a god, so she can... <laughs> Make that money, honey. Um, so Fleabag is only two seasons, and we know there will only ever be two seasons mm-hmm. um, because the writer is a brilliant fucking genius goddess of my life, and <laughs> I will not shame her for only doing two seasons. I respect her decision. Yeah. Um, and, oh, God, I'm already getting, like, tingly, like I'm going to cry. So two seasons, Amazon Prime six episodes each and they're like 25 minutes yeah which i rewatched episodes one and two and by the time i got through episode one i felt like i had watched an entire season because they pack so much into such a short it, i mean it's very similar to catastrophe where you get so so much in just a tiny little nibble of time yeah it's like a full meal and like <laughs> a chip it's it's so good they should okay. invent that have thing. I said that it's good? It's good. Okay. I have a thing with, with British movies, TV. Uh, it's just it's superb. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so Fleabag is um, a British comedy set in London. I would call it a dark comedy. Um, and it follows the story of this main female character who is referred to as Fleabag. Um, she doesn't actually have a name in the show. <laughs> It's interesting. There's a couple other, like, a lot of characters don't have names. Um, They're just referred to as who she refers to them in in her head, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Um, So season one, um, 
which I wish I would have made time to watch the whole thing again because I kind of forgot how it ends. But it is following Fleabag through this period in her life of um, some tragedy, some loss. Um, she's going through the shame and guilt of things that have happened in her life mm-hmm. and tr- basically trying to survive it the best that she can. Um, and she's really not good at it. She's <laughs> she's kind of a total asshole. And in episode one, there's this epic quote where she goes and visits her dad. And I should have wrote it down. It was amazing. But she's like, I, I'm worried that this is just who I am and I'm an asshole. And he just looks at her and he goes, you get that from your mother. And it's like, okay, dad. Like, it's, it's amazing. So this character... Um, in season one is just basically trying to survive. And while she's doing that, she's being very sexually adventurous. Hell yeah. Um, she's very open about her sexuality. I I was r- raving about this on Instagram and a couple people replied and they were like, oh, do you think I'd like it? And I'd be like, it's real raunchy. <laughs> it depends. It's super raunchy. Season one, episode one opens with like just some casual butt sex and then in the morning the guy gives her like a very like tender earnest thank you like gives her a little (laughs) cheek start like that's the first like two minutes of the show and you're like it's it's amazing um so it's it's a little vulgar it's a little raunchy she definitely identifies herself as a pervert um she loves sex and one of the reasons that her boyfriend kept breaking up with her was because um she masturbated all the time (laughs) and one of my favorite things that happens again season one episode one so fucking much is that she's up late watching a speech from barack obama on her laptop and starts masturbating to it while he's sleeping next to her we've all done it (laughs) It's not a secret. Everybody's done and it she's like, to Barack Obama. He's like, tell me what he was talking about. And I, she, she says, like, Iraq or something. And, <laughs> and so he just, like, packs all his shit and leaves. And then they get back together. And then again, he checks her search history. And it is just, she can't help herself. Um, so you, you have to be okay with kind of em- embracing her sexual freedom and yeah. and raunchiness. And, which, as we know, makes me blush, but... I get why it's important to her as a character. (laughs) Um, Before I go any further, I would like to address the actress. Mm -hmm. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I I always want to say Walter. It's not. It's Waller. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She is the main actress. She is Fleabag. She is also the creator of the show. Mm -hmm. And she wrote it to be a one-woman play, which... I don't know how that could happen, but it happened and it was so popular <laughs> that they were like, please, do a show. Phoebe, Phoebes, make us a show. And so she, right there, she. this is what happens in her brain. Like she she wrote this show. Um, she also is responsible for bringing Killing Eve to life. I've heard of that, yeah. Which I didn't know that until halfway through season two. And then... It, I was reading an article about it where she was kind of describing the parallels between um, Fleabag's character, um, v- Villanoelle, Villa, Villanoelle, Villanelle, Villanelle. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to say Via because, <laughs> you know, I grew up in Southern California. Two L's is a, a Via. Via. Yeah. Or Villa, depending on where you're from. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, she she wrote that. Um, I mean, it's based on a series of books, but she's the one who brought it to life for yeah. TV. And she was also recently brought on to polish the script for the new James Bond movie. The one that they're currently making or the one that they made before? The one that is coming out next. Okay. Yeah. And Daniel Craig, like, requested her to do it. Oh. Yeah. I like I think. that. Don't correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's what the article said. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of Carrie Fisher. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's bringing she's she's bringing a sort of uh, female humor that's not overtly female. Yeah. So okay, I won't get too far into that because I wrote a really good article about why she doesn't like to be called a female writer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's for another time. So Phoebe Waller Bridge is a fucking phenomenon and um, just a powerhouse when it comes to creating things. She's acted in other things. Um, she was the lawyer in Broadchurch, which I really can't see. Like I don't remember oh, her. No, I can. Sure. I absolutely was her hair can. short in that. Well, they had to wear the little. They wear the little wiggy things. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's why, and you don't see her birthmark either, because she has a very... You no, know, because they were in the wiggy things. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Broadchurch. She was. She also voiced a droid in Solo. L337? The one that was on um, uh, Lando's ship. Was yeah. It? Yeah. I knew I you would know. Yeah. That's why I wrote yeah. down what the droid's name number was. Yeah. Cause I... Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that was her. Yeah. Totally random. Does it make words or does it just make... No, she talks. Okay. She kind of has like a almost sexual relationship with Lando. I Not love really, that. But... <laughs> I, wanted a, I wanted a sexual relationship with young Lando. <laughs> we all you do. You know me and Donald Glover. Okay. So I she reminds me of what I thought Lena Dunham was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Right? Yeah. Because when Lena Dunham blew up, Mm-hmm. And I never watched Girls. I felt like I was too old for it. I wasn't, <laughs> but like by the time I caught on, it was just, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. But it was like, wow, she's su- she's young. Yeah, she's super talented. Oh, she kind of just kind of. Oh, she kind of she's kind of she, terrible. She's kind of a shit person, oh. and she really let us down. And you know what? Maybe uh, my best friend Phoebe is kind of a shit person. But you know what? We would never know because she's British. Yeah. And they're not flashing it all over Twitter. Yeah. Um, so she is like, if if we didn't know that Lena Dunham was a shithead. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, so I, I love her as a human. I have the utmost respect for um, her fucking talent. And it makes me so envious. <laughs> and like, I want to live her life and I want to be her friend. Um, so her as the, the character Fleabag... Um, it kind of seems like she doesn't really have to work that hard because she is chic. She isn't wearing the little judge wig or lawyer wig <laughs> or whatever. She's got this short kind of curly. It's almost a little bit French hairstyle. Um, she wears a lot of black. Of course. She smokes cigarettes. Of course. She's really, really cool, chic and she's just like effortlessly cool. Which yeah. you, God, Jesus. Jesus. It's not fair. But she's a total shit person in this show she is just awful but you really want her to do well and it's such a weird juxtaposition it's not like don draper and Mad Men, where it's like he was a terrible person but you want to see him do well it's like we only get what's however long six times 25 episodes is <laughs> to like 
want to help her and you want to see her do good. Also, very important thing to know before we get too much into the story is that um, a key part of the series is that she is consistently breaking the fourth wall, which I, um, in my head, it was the third wall. (laughs) And then I was reading an article that it was like about the importance of that, you know, the audience becomes uh, what she has such as, you know, she's looking for something to connect to as a person because she doesn't have anything. So um, fourth wall breaker, constantly, constantly letting you in on what's going on, which is how you know that there's butt sex occurring, Um, you know, gives you little asides and backstories. A lot of season one is told through really many flashbacks that she has. Mm -hmm. And so through these flashbacks, you learn that her best friend that she owns a cafe with, owned a cafe with, she tragically died. She committed su- She accidentally committed suicide. Her mm. intention was to walk into traffic in the bike lane and get hit by a car or a bike and just get hurt and then be in the hospital and then not let her ex-boyfriend see her so that he would feel bad. And then he would want to get back with her. I've thought of doing something <laughs> really similar. No, because like if you if you get hit as a pedestrian, like you can sue for like a lot of money. <laughs> or set. in uh, this character's case, her name is Boo. Uh, you die, or you die. So she dies, and the reason that she's so you know accidentally suicidal is because her boyfriend cheats on her, mm. and so she is just torn, and that's her solution. And then she she dies on accident. So Fleabag is left to take care of this cafe on her own. It accidentally became guinea pig themed over the years because (laughs) one year she gifted Boo a guinea pig and then she became obsessed. And so there's like guinea pig art, guinea pigs that sometimes are running around the restaurant and people think they're rats and want to kick them, which I don't know that you can just have a small mammal pets in a cafe. It's England. They can do whatever they want. Um, So... Um, and at this point in in Fleabag's life, the cafe is failing. So it's kind of representative of her best friend dies, um, her cafe is failing. She goes to the bank to get a loan and has a really awkward situation where she accidentally flashes the loan officer. <laughs> She's very emotionally distant from her family. Um, her sister is one of my favorite characters of all time. Which is weird because she's very cold and uptight and you just, you, you want to shake her. Like you want to get her drunk. <laughs> her sister Claire is, they're so awkward together, but they're kind of, they're bonded because their mom passed away. Yeah. Um, and so in the first episode, they go to a feminist talk together and um, at the end, her sister goes in for a hug and Fleabag is so alarmed, she hits her because she, she <laughs> feels like she's coming at her. She just slaps her. And it's just this wonderful scene because it's like these two, you know, kind of emotionally stunted, lost women who are, you know, trying to connect with something and then she just fucking decks her. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. So Claire in season one makes a lot of appearances. Um, She is played by an actress named, and I don't know how to pronounce this name, S-I-A-N? Sean. No. Yeah. Why? Ireland? Okay. Scotland? I thought maybe that was it because I like the name um, Siobhan and it's S-I, so I was like trying to do the the math, the arithmetic of spelling in my head. And that might be not how her name is pronounced. Don't. It's like, 
correct us. It's like Moirin. Moron? Moron? Moirin. So uh, last name is Clifford. Hasn't really been in a lot. Super close best friends with Phoebes in real Mm. life. Jealous. Um, So season one, she's just kind of the the bitchy cold sister um, who's always just really worried about her job and has like a drunk asshole pervert husband. There's also, we also meet their dad who is just kind of a, he's there. You know, he still feels bad that the girls don't have a mom. And, um, but a few years after the mom died, he married their godmother, who is referred to as the godmother. She is played by Olivia Coleman. Goddamn. How'd they get Olivia Coleman for that? I, what, <clears throat> was she not doing 97? When? When yeah. did she do this? Maybe and, they met on Broadchurch. Oh. Yeah, but didn't Broadchurch come out in like 2016? Yeah. How did, where? I don't know. What is, there's some Doctor Who fucking time warp shit going on. Let's figure out the connection. Yeah, I'm going to make a timeline. Okay, so Olivia Coleman plays the godmother and the godmother is an absolute fucking twat. (laughs) I almost said the C word. I couldn't do it. She's awful. She's super not even passive aggressive she'll just be like oh i hope you feel better soon you look awful <laughs> so she's aggressive just, aggressive she's aggressive aggressive she's manipulative she's purposefully cruel but like always has like this crazy look on her like smile like oh darling you look a little ill today you know like oh god she's just she's terrible she's fucking terrible and to see olivia coleman be that terrible jesus christ <laughs> god the woman can do anything so uh, so the story of season one is really, uh, you know, her trying to figure out just how to keep the cafe open, how to find somebody to love. Mm-hmm. Things happen between her brother-in-law where he tries to kiss her. <laughs> and then he goes and tells um, Claire that Fleabag did it. It's awful. There's um, an awful scene at the end where you, Godmother just reams her and like publicly shames her at an art gallery opening. And it's it is tough it is like it is gritty and still it's like this is not a happy story why am i watching this yeah and the end of season one ends with all this shit happening her sister hates her her dad's pissed at her her god the godmother lady is like you just publicly humiliated her and so she goes back to the cafe and there's a flashback and you find out who her best friend's boyfriend cheated with and i'll let you guess was it pleading yeah. Oh. Yeah. So she, yeah. So that, and, and then you, oh my God, it's just, it like pulls your guts out and you're like, oh my God, this is why she is, she is trying to process this impossible level of shame and guilt and carry on with her life. Yeah. But she did this really, really bad thing. And so you don't really think she deserves good things. And so while she's kind of contemplating, like, maybe I should walk out in traffic too, the loan officer from the bank, and I don't remember why, what his epiphany was, but the loan officer comes by the cafe and is like, I'm going to approve your your small business loan. And so there's like this tiny, tiny little glimmer of hope that she gets back at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? I did some shit things. Maybe I should work on being a better person. Here's this like one yeah. fucking bone that the universe is going to throw me that's going to make it better. Yeah. Um. So that's season one. It's like awful, awful, awful. Oh, my God. Even more awful. Why am I watching this? <laughs> but you did. So 
and I loved it. I loved it. Um, there is a, what I'm going to call like a, a talis, talisman, 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 mm-hmm. uh, statue, uh, that is a recurring joke throughout both seasons. And it, it, I don't know why it's, it's just one of the funniest things ever. So Godmother is like this fucking weird feminist artist. She's one of those, you know, just you can't stand her. So Fleabag goes over there one night and uh, she ends up talking in the art studio with, with Olivia Coleman and she sees this statue on a bookshelf and she grabs it and she's picking it up and it all it it's like a woman's torso from like mid thigh to neck mm-hmm. and it's just like perfect body mm-hmm. you know beautiful boobs perfect hips it's gold golden i don't know if it's actual gold and the godmother's like oh that's very expensive please put that down you know oh this represents whatever she steals it <laughs> that's the end of episode 1 she takes it out of her pants which is great so then she passes it to the her awful brother-in-law to try and sell it well, then he panics because he didn't have a birthday gift for Claire on her birthday and gives it to her as a birthday gift. So it just keeps <laughs> fucking popping up. And her dad, like, confronts her and is like, did you steal the statue? She's like, no. You know, it, it just becomes this this thing. Um, and it happens in season two also. So 2016, 2019, we get season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried really, really hard not to watch it all at once. Because but you did. I did. I think I finished it in, like, two days. Yeah. I was really busy with work, too. So I'd be like, all right, half hour show, really good. But then one episode ends. You can't stop. Yeah. So season two starts with a very quick montage of Fleabag getting her shit together. She's working out. You know, she's doing yoga. She's meditating. She's I don't know if there's a therapist involved. She's just like better. And then it goes to the cafe, and the cafe's busy. And so it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, good. She, she got, she got her it. shit together, right? What I appreciate is that we didn't have a season of having to watch her get her shit together. I really appreciate that. That said, Phoebe did not even want to do a season two. She thought oh. season one would be done. And I don't remember what convinced her to do it. But thank you for season two, because <laughs> I'm still not over it. Um, so she's kind of, she's healing and she's like ready to be a human and like ready to open herself up for love again. Episode one is one of the greatest scene, s- scenes in television history. It is a, it's masterful. Um, it is a family dinner. So godmother and dad, uh, Claire and her awful husband. It's, no, it's six of them. So it's Godmother, Dad. You can edit this out. Me doing mental <laughs> fucking acrobats in my no, head. No editing. I can't edit anymore. <laughs> I don't want to edit parent, on a Mac. The sister and brother-in-law, a flea bag. And then uh, Godmother and Dad are going to have a wedding. And so they have invited the Catholic priest that they are going to have do their wedding ceremony to this family dinner. And it's the first time I think that they've all been together since... Well, that we see them all together, but it seems like it's the first time that they've all really gotten back together since how season one ended with everybody hating each other. Um, and so it's going, you know, it's going okay. You know, Claire's super tense and still really mad at her for mm-hmm. uh, the lie that her husband told. You know, they're trying to charm this priest. I don't, I guess that's a thing you, you do, like if you want someone to do your wedding ceremony. I don't know. 
You take the priest out to dinner? We really, people are supposed to be taking me out to dinner because I more likely am to beg you to let me do your wedding. <laughs> Anybody have any weddings coming up? She's really, really good at let me, it. Let me She's appreciate. super good at it. <laughs> this episode ends. This is our, this, it's, this is it. This is the connection. It's a nuclear meltdown. This ah! episode. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so you find out Claire was trying to have a baby, but like Fleabag, you know, in her fourth wall breaking is like, what the fuck? She didn't want to have a baby. She ends up having a, a miscarriage in the bathroom at the restaurant, but she doesn't want to tell anybody. You know, Fleabag's like, we, we got to go to the hospital. She's like, no, 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 don't tell anybody. And so they come back from the bathroom. This is kind of the moment where they like rekindle their sistership because there was like no hesitation. She, you know, Fleabag goes to the bathroom and she can hear Claire crying and she's like, what, you know. That sister instinct just kind of yeah. just jumps back in. So they go back to the table and you can tell they're flustered. You can tell something's wrong. And, you know, godmother is trying to like pressure them into telling them. <laughs> Fleabag tells everybody that she had a miscarriage in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then her sister's pissed because she's like, this is mine. Like, you can't. <laughs> can't take my miscarriage. She literally said that's a Yes. <laughs> she's like shouting at her, like, don't make this about you. Because that was one of the things from season one is that she manages to fuck everything up and put all the attention on her. So she's like, you can't have this is my miscarriage. You can't have this. Well, then she does it. But at the same time, Claire is a little bit grateful because, you know. Yeah. I don't even think she had told her husband she was pregnant yet. So anyways, this episode ends up in a fist fight. And it's amazing. Uh, I think Fleabag punches her brother-in-law first, and then somehow the priest gets involved, the waitress gets punched. It is just, we've all had those tense moments with your family where you're like, somebody's getting hit right now. (laughs) It's going to happen. Oh, this is also the episode in which the uh, now infamous jumpsuit is uh, featured, and it is, uh, uh, our friend Phoebe is tall and slender. Mm Mm-hmm beautiful also tall and slender with like nice boobs i don't think they're small there's a part in season one where this guy talks about how (laughs) impossibly small it's like they're not even there (laughs) um but she's wearing this black keyhole like deep keyhole cutout jumpsuit that um somebody found it online and it became like this Thing, like this thing the jumpsuit i remember hearing about that yeah. and then i saw it and they had it in my size and i was like that no no i walk around with a camel toe in that like my torso <laughs> is too long for a jumpsuit yes. we have done this we've done this um yeah so it's like it's like the iconic fashion moments of season two and it was only 50 dollars, which is great the rest of the season is a she wanted she was ready for love and oops she falls for the priest. Um, don't they have rules against that? They do have rules against that. <laughs> the priest, who everybody is going to fall for if you watch the show. I know who it is. He is referred to now as the hot priest. Here's the thing. He's not hot. He is impossibly fucking charming. And that makes him sinfully sexual. <laughs> yeah, no. He is played by Andrew Scott. Who is Moriarty? Moriarty. So fucking cute. God, how I love that guy and that. Oh my God. Moriarty from Sherlock, which we're never going to get back ever. Yeah. yeah. Season three. Talk about 2016, 2019. Yeah. We'll get it it when George R.R. Martin writes the last. uh, This is why we're over Benedict. 
Give us yeah. more. Give us a Moriarty. Yeah, you might end up back on the list, Benedict, if you ever film the last fucking season of Sherlock. He's too busy doing Doctor Strange. Too. I'm doing the hand motion, <laughs> but not in a circle because my knee's in the way. So <laughs> everybody falls for this hot priest. Yeah. Because he's like, not like, he's a Catholic priest. So he's like super priesty. <laughs> you know, he's not like one of those like youth ministers that goes out in like cargo shorts and a t-shirt right. and is like, hey, Kate, let's go learn about Jesus and play some rock music. And then touch my penis. He's literally a fucking Catholic <laughs> priest. Like he wears the collar. He, you know, they go shopping together for his wedding robes, Aww. which is a really cute episode. So... You know, he tries to, like, give her Bible verses, and she's like, oh, no, I don't believe in God. And then a painting falls off the wall, <laughs> and he goes, God, I love when he does that. And you're like, oh, that's so stupid. But cute. He is just, uh, God, he, he really did a good job in this role. So um, he's also deathly afraid of foxes, which is one of the weirdest quirky things I've ever seen, but he feels like they've been chasing him since childhood. Oh. Which there's got to be some sort of symbol in that somewhere. Um, so the the rest of the season follows the rest of the season. The six 25-minute episodes that we get um, show this happening. And I... Okay. Before we, before we get anywhere else, let's go back to Claire a little bit. Claire, the sister, is having a rough time. She's taken a job in Finland. Which, how far are Finland and London? Far? Because she's just always casually so around i think that uh like europeans have travel mastered a little bit better than americans do specifically like really cheap flights and train rides so yeah. i think it's possible more possible to commute between yeah. countries than it is here and i think she's in town for this wedding you know they're staying in town for a while but seemed like she had popped in and out a little bit more i don't mm -hmm. know it was it was weird to me um you can tell she's really unhappy with her husband she actually didn't want to have kids so her and fleabag kind of rekindle their sisterhood she hires fleabag to cater an award ceremony at uh the london office for the woman of the year award no and you should, fleabag is helping her set up and uh, Claire asked her to get the take that award out of the box. Be careful with it. Um, it took me forever to get it. I just got it yesterday. Crystal vulva-like statue. <laughs> uh, Fleabag drops it. Yeah. And it shatters into millions of pieces. And so <laughs> when the woman who won the award gets on stage, guess what she gets handed? Oh, is it the statue? <laughs> <laughs> she gets handed the statue. And it, oh God, it was so fucking funny. And so after um, the award ceremony, Fleabag goes after the lady. She's like, oh, I'm actually going to have to have that back. Your real award is going to be sent to you in the mail suit. You know, like they do at a real yeah. award ceremony. So she ends up going out for drinks with this woman who is played by Kristen Scott Thomas, who is a very famous British actress. Yeah, I know Kristen Scott Thomas. Yes. People were super fucking excited to see her in this. Um, and so, you know, she talks about how demeaning it is to have, like, a Woman of the Year award, you know. There's a very famous, like, speech from this scene, isn't yes. there? Yes, yes, yes Because yes, I yes. remember seeing this all over Twitter. Yes. So there's three epic, epic speeches in this. And I'm not going to read all of this because it's really long. But her character gives this speech about how women are built for pain. Mm -hmm. And we have pain our entire life. Okay, so here's what she said. I've been longing to say this out loud. Women are born with pain built in. It's our physical destiny, P. 
period pain, sore boobs, childbirth. We carry it within ourselves throughout our lives. Men don't. They have to seek it out. They invent all these gods and demons so they can feel guilty about things, which is something we do very well on our own. And then there's like 80 more sentences where you're just like, yes, motherfucking <laughs> yes, God. Queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> and you bet I'm going to fucking share this on Instagram Hell because yeah. it's the greatest thing. Um, and then at the end, she talks about the fucking menopause comes in and it's the most wonderful fucking thing in the world. Yes, your entire pelvic floor crumbles <laughs> and you get fucking hot and no one cares, but then you're free. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cry right now. That's <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not just a baby factory anymore. No longer a slave. No longer a machine with parts. You're just a person. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Oh, my God. And of course, Kristen Scott Thomas saying it. You're just like, yeah, God, give me any fucking feminist, powerful monologue ever. <laughs> so that is like one of the like one of the key speeches. Let's see. Needed to talk about that. Needed to talk about the statue. Needed to talk about how great Claire was this season. I mean, Phoebe is great. Sean, Sean Clifford, Sian Clifford, she just rips you apart this season. She is so beautiful and it's so well done. There's she gets her she wants a chic haircut. It's a disaster mm-hmm. and it's one of the just best moments. Oh, so good. Um, so the oh, the final episode is finally the wedding of Godmother and Dad. And at this point, some things have happened with the, the priest in Fleabag. He's a little bit broken his vows. He's, mm. he's definitely fallen back in love with her. And, oh, God, that's another epic speech scene. God, isn't that every girl's dream to have a priest break their vows for you? Well, <laughs> she goes to visit him at the church. And she's freaking out about something. And he tells her to get in the confessional. And then she has this epic breakdown with another epic speech. And then he opens the door. And that's when he's, like, in love with her. <laughs> he opens the confessional door and he goes, nail and you're just like oh jesus i might go confess something my pants just came off epic speech <laughs> oh yeah so she's like freaking out about how um she wants somebody in her life and you know she wants somebody to tell her what to wear what to listen to what to joke about what not to joke about which obviously she needs a lot of help with she said i want someone to tell me what to believe in who to vote for who to love and how to tell them i just think i want someone to tell me how to live my life father because so far i think i've been getting it wrong Uh, it's just yeah i'll post that one too it's just beautiful then she's like freaking out and crying and just acting the shit out of this moment she's like just tell me what to do and then he comes over and tells her to kneel (laughs) and i thought he was gonna tell her to pray and it was gonna oh sorry that was my pop socket um i thought he was gonna tell her to pray and it was gonna go that way it goes the way it's not supposed to go because he is a man of the cloth yeah and it's beautiful and lovely and so then we end up at the wedding, and this is kind of the scene where Claire has to decide if she wants to stay with her husband or not, because he's awful. The priest has to decide if he wants to stay with Jesus or not, yeah. or if he's going to follow his heart. he's been in a relationship with, with Jesus bag. for a long time. He's been in a relationship with Jesus, yeah. And so he's doing the wedding ceremony, and he um, starts off by saying, I know I'm doing a lot of reading, but these were so good, I just could not fucking help myself did you see his wedding speech no oh my god okay let's find it okay this is titled i'm just kidding this is a story about a girl named lucky (laughs) so it's a wedding it's an outdoor garden beautiful setting love is awful it's awful it's painful it's frightening makes you doubt yourself judge yourself distance yourself from the other people in your life 
It makes you selfish. It makes you creepy. It makes you obsessed with your hair. It makes you cruel. He goes on and on and on. And then he talks um, about, uh, I, I was taught if we're born with love, then life is about choosing the right place to put it. People talk about that a lot. Feeling right. When it feels right, it's easy, but I'm not sure that's true. It takes strength to know what's right. And love isn't something that weak people do. And this is when I start crying. <laughs> oh, God. This isn't the cry episode, Tiffany. Yes, it is. No, that's like episode six or seven of the season. I know, season one. Okay. <laughs> Being a romantic takes a hell of a lot of hope. I think what they mean is when you find somebody that you love, it feels like hope. Oh. And scene. <laughs> and scene. And it was so good because he's just the absolute best actor. Oh, God, he's beautiful. Okay, let me gather myself. So, wedding happens, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody's leaving the wedding and uh, Fleabag leaves and she's waiting for her bus. Cause she always takes the bus. And then he comes to the bus stop. <laughs> and she just looks at him and she goes, it's God, isn't it? And he just has the sweetest, saddest look on his face. He goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that the one that you watched? No, no, but I, I, we don't get happy endings where priests leave the, no. the church, what they've been working on their entire lives no. because they fall in love. That's not uh. a thing that happens. That's a thing that happens in stupid rom-coms. Yes. That's and this not, is why that's Phoebe, not that in real this life. is why Phoebe is such a queen. And I'm sorry, I'm taking up the whole fucking podcast talking <laughs> about how wonderful she is. Um, so, you know, that happens and then, you know, they chat a little bit more and then he leaves and then I think she decides for some reason she gets up and walks away and she turns around and looks at the camera and it's like this look of like, well, I loved something. I opened myself up. It didn't go how I wanted it to, but you can tell that she's going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) And then I sat on, oh God, I hit the microphone. I sat on the couch and cried for like a half hour (laughs) because that's how it ended. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my God, this this character that we've watched grow to this point where she's ready to love someone and then get kicked in the face, but just be like, all right, it's, <laughs> it's time to move on. And you just really get like that weird sense of hope again. Yeah. Like, yeah, she she is going to be OK. And I think it takes a lot out of a person to get to that point because yeah. – may or may not have been in similar circumstances in my life. And when something like that happened to me, I went home and drank like a six pack of PPR (laughs) and like chain smoked cigarettes, you know, like, well, I was also, you know, a lot younger and not quite as uh, emotionally developed as Fleabag is at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it just, it just fucking crushes you. But you're just like happy that she got to feel that. Yeah. And I don't know how else to put it. Well, yeah, you're, she knows that now it's possible. Yes. And perhaps if she falls in love with somebody that's maybe a bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is hard to deal with as a viewer is that you're never going to get to see that happen for her because this There's is it. No more. This is it forever. She's done. She has said she is done, done. I promise you there will be fan fiction. Oh, God, no. There, any British show has fan fiction. They all do. Like that I would read or watch or... Read. Uh, it's a rabbit hole. Don't do it. I don't want to. Is that a Reddit thing? No. <laughs> you know I'm bad at Reddit the... Thing? I'm bad at the Reddit no, and that's the YouTube. Just, that's a... Yeah. That's a weird... That's a thing. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing that is really 
symbolic about the priest is that he is the only one that catches her breaking the fourth wall and calls her out on it. And it's really fucking funny. Because in your head, you're like, nobody else knows she's yeah. doing this. But then he's like, what are you, who are you talking to? Where'd you go for a second there? <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. It's a, It was a nice little touch. So great, great, ugh, great love story to watch. And even with Claire and, you know, her life kind of taking a, a turn in a different direction, it was beautiful to watch. And um, obviously, I would very highly recommend this show. And it's damn near perfect. And there have been 200 billion thousand think pieces on how perfect the show yeah. is. Um, but it's true. I went through like a period of mourning, like that whole day. It was over. It's done. I don't want to watch any. It was like when the first time I watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Season one was perfect. Season two. <laughs> but it was like, I don't want to watch anything else. Yeah. I don't even know if I could emotionally get through season two again because it's it was painful. However, highly, highly recommend this show to anybody that will listen to me fucking talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um and oh gosh, I'm gonna give it I feel like I've been doing this a lot lately, but I'm gonna give it five out of five perfect black jumpsuits. We we are positive here on I've been very positive lately. Mm-hmm. I've been I'm when it comes to the podcast. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And we, maybe we need to transition I need to watch a like, bad shit, shit documentary or something. Yeah. Well, we that's, that's why I think you should do the other thing that you talked about doing, but you're... I will. I will briefly, but yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I will definitely watch it, especially because I, I didn't know the cast until I sort of started, like, seeing people talk about it and then like i see olivia coleman and i see you know i see moriarty and i'm like okay okay well then i gotta watch it yes well i will watch it um i hope you cry i'm sure i will (laughs) all right so i am going to go away from uh comedy there's nothing fucking funny about this show it is the least funny show i've ever seen oh my god i am going to talk about chernobyl oh my god so there's a whole lot of buzz about this it's a mini series from hbo uh it is being called the show that is going to get people to re-subscribe to hbo now really yeah because i mean most people not most people a lot of people canceled after game of thrones was done because they were angry and because they didn't need to pay for it anymore but we need to be reminded that HBO is real fucking good at making shows. Um, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies is coming. Um, there is a um, oh, I don't remember. There's there's a bunch of other shows that are starting, yeah. and their documentaries are always really good. So this is a five episode mini series that so very clearly is going to sweep the mini series Emmy. Yeah, like come on. It, it is and, so obviously going to. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's no, like, uh, dowdy female period piece yeah. drama. This, oh, wait, no, there is. There's something on my HBO screen. There always is. Yeah. <laughs> so um, going into the actors, there are so fucking many and so many with character names that I cannot pronounce. Yeah. So I'm going to focus on the top three, the main three. Okay. And I think that, those are the only ones that I recognize. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. another guy was like... He's also played a Russian in something else. Yeah, he looks sort of familiar. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the main three actors are Jared Harris, 
who plays uh, Valery Lagosov. You probably, yes, you probably know him from Mad Men. He was in one episode of SVU. I found it. Of course. Of course he was. Um, He's one of those actors that has been in just a shitload of stuff, but you couldn't tell me his name. Right. He's one of those. Like, there's a collage of actors like that. that He's got a very distinct look. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Second main actor is uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yes. What is in the Skarsgård water? Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what's not in it. <laughs> we'll get um, there. <laughs> he plays Boris Shermina. Um, we we probably you probably know him if you're listening to this podcast from as Eric Selvig in the Marvel movies, and he was so good in those. Oh, yeah. You didn't. There's the too Thor many Skarsgårds. There's so many Skarsgårds. I watched some interviews with uh, Stellan and Jared, and. Jared's character in the show is a scientist, and Stellan's is like a a high-ranking something, political officer. Yeah. So Stellan is always in like a suit, very well-dressed, and, uh, you know, Jared's character is a little bit dressed down because he's a scientist. Yeah. Some Birkenstocks, cargo shorts. Interviews? (laughs) Stellan, he reminds me of somebody's drunk uncle. Oh, my God. Can we watch him later? He's, like, got (laughs) buttons undone. I'm pretty sure he's drunk. I love it. And then, like, Jared Harris is very, like, proper. Very British. He's very British and very proper. I I was just, like, that's opposite. I imagine, when this just might be because of how I remember him from Mad Men. And maybe in Chernobyl. Did he do, like, the, the man cardigan with like the little fold sweater, no. <laughs> not, not in the show. In yeah. Um, so the third main actor is Emily Watson, and she plays Ulana Kumula. I love Emily Watson. I yeah. always have her two roles that I love her in the most are Punch Drunk Love. Okay. And in Red Dragon. Never saw that. Well, that's not surprising. It was. The one of the lesser known of the Hannibal Lecter It is on the list. Series. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she is fantastic in it. Yeah. Her, her I really, I recognized her face. Yeah. And it, yeah, again, very she's distinct great. look. She's a beautiful woman. But I, I honestly couldn't name anything she was in until I IMDb'd it. Yeah. So, first of all, we're going to talk about Chernobyl. So, sp- do I have to spoiler alert this? <laughs> Get the Titanic oh, sank. So loud. The Titanic oh, sank. Uh, oh, dear. Th- th- there was a huge disaster. Most of us were a little bit, well, most of us, Tiffany and I were a little bit too young to be aware of it when it was happening because it was in 1986. Yes. Um, we were still little, but we yes. certainly have heard about it in history class and heard about it yes. otherwise. So it's the story of how a combination of things going wrong and accidents plus hubris can equal a global catastrophe, which is very relevant and very timely if you think about our current administration. Mm. People who don't want to admit that they're wrong or that things can be wrong or that they Mm -hmm. can do anything wrong and how bad that can be for the Uh, Earth. Society. (laughs) So I love that it came out now because even though it has literally zero to do with the United States, it's all about the USSR, it's it's so timely. Yeah. And it's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So the story, uh, for those of you who have not seen it, is not necessarily linear. It jumps a, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think we would start with everything leading up to the accident, but instead we start the second after the... Well, there's a beginning part that I don't want to spoil. 
Um, and then we start the second after the accident, after the explosion mm-hmm. and the aftermath of what happened. There's also later in the show some really important flashbacks that happen that you find out the rest of the story. That was so helpful. Yes. Yes. So helpful and so well done. And as storytelling goes, this is top fucking notch. Yeah. Now let's, if we're talking about storytelling, we need to talk about the creator and writer. His name is Craig M-A-Z-I-N. Mazin? Mazin. Mazin? Yeah. Mazin. So he's the creator and writer. Uh, After seeing this and then looking up what else he's written, uh, what? Scary Movie 3 and 4. <laughs> the Hangover 2 and 3. What? And The Huntsman Winter's War. And Chernobyl. There's been okay. a lot of other stuff that I hadn't heard of, but I was like, fucking what? He's what like, a leap. Oh, God, I'm going to take a break and do something about it. <laughs> I'm going to take a break and do something nuclear disaster. amazing. Yeah. So, wow. good for him. Uh, yeah, I also... also uh, we're still mad at you about Hangover 2 and 3. <laughs> Wait, there was a 3? Apparently. Did I see it? Uh, no one did. Is Bradley Cooper in it? Probably not. Yeah, no, he's in it. I think. Hey. I I, sw- I get two and three mixed up together, so I don't remember which is which. Oh, God. So along with uh, this amazing show that he has written, every episode has an accompanying podcast. And I fully, oh. highly recommend listening to every single one of them. Oh, my God. Because he goes into why I made this creative direction for the show, why this character is a little bit different, and this is why I chose that, but this is the real story. Uh, is it too soon for a rewatch with the podcast? Uh, it I is, didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, and I, I didn't God, either did until me? later, and <laughs> the podcast is really fucking good. Okay. So I definitely go back and listen to all of them because you get so much more of the story. So obviously because it is a story about real life, there's always things that you do in you know to assist in good storytelling right but not much most of this shit actually happened Mm -hmm. there's just a little couple of tweaks that he does to make it a little bit more suspenseful here and there okay so it's april 1st april april 1st it's not april 1st it's april 26th (laughs) 1986 so we are in the northern ukraine okay the ussr is still a thing Mm -hmm. we are near the town of yet <laughs> um by the chernobyl nuclear power plant Pripyat, the town was created for the plant workers to live in mm-hmm. so it was like a created community a lot like redmond for <laughs> people <laughs> come on redmond and bellevue were created for microsoft, microsoft employees microsoft and let's be honest true so we get to see the residents of this town come to the aid and what happens to them. So how I'm not going to go into the science of how, because <laughs> I still don't fully understand it. But to sum it up, during a safety test, to test if the backup generators would come on if there was no power, there was an unstable power spike that caused a steam explosion. The steam explosion caused oxygen to be able to get to the core, which caused a reactor fire and a bunch of real bad shit being outside when it's not supposed to be outside. It's supposed to be inside. That's a really good explanation. So it's basic. A lot of graphite. So a lot of graphite. And I, I was I was like, are, 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 isn't that in pencils? Wait, wait, <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to be. 
when they explained the the role of the graphite, I was like, oh. yeah, graphite too oh. bad. So the smoke that's coming off of this fire is releasing a horrible glow. It's releasing radiation, and there's also radioactive radioactive debris, graphite, all over the fucking ground. Mm-hmm. So plant management, the three villains of this life show real life villains are constantly trying to downplay the Mm. severity of this accident and no you no it no you're fine everything's fine the 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 core can't blow you're all being ridiculous you're fucking stupid (laughs) no we're not gonna evacuate you're all no fuck all of you so they called in the fire brigade to put out a radioactive (laughs) fire with some water and they also delayed the evacuation because they would not admit that the core was open. Yeah. Because it couldn't happen because this is, this is Soviet technology. This is, they, they they can't happen. So it didn't happen. So deny, deny, deny. So unprotected workers, those firemen that are coming, other workers that are coming to help the second they walk up are receiving a completely fatal dose of radiation that they don't even know about. Oh, my God. Uh, none of them are wearing proper... But even if they were, they were so close and so exposed to the core, it would not have mattered. They could have been wearing full protection, but it was still too much. They received fatal doses in less than one minute than <gasps> when they arrived. They were already dead a minute after they arrived. Oh, my God. Which is fucking terrifying. So the whole time, management still... They're seeing people get sick. They're seeing people get radiation sickness. People are barfing everywhere. Your skin uh, they're is just seeing, like immediately burning. Immediately just, burning. And no, it's not the core. There's just a fire out there. You know. So they, I think like a day after or like the next day, because this was in the very early in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. there's kind of a boardroom scene where the high, the USS High Command uh, is talking about this small accident where... Mm-hmm. The people are just, they're being exposed to basically a chest x-ray. Let's not exaggerate this. Um, So uh, this is when we are introduced to both Legasov and Sherbina. Legasov is like, "Uh, fucking no, the core is exposed. You dumb bastards. Is that the scientist or the... The scientist. Okay. Um, And Sherbina at this point is still like following in line and being like, nah, this guy's probably a loon, but let's go check it out. Yeah. And they're going to assess the damage and help with the cleanup for this small fire. Small, just a, yeah, it's just small, a scratch. tiny fire. So uh, the character that Emily Watson play, ooh, oh, no, 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 is, and he says this in the podcast. I love this. There is no character. She's not a real person. Right. She is an amalgamation of every scientist that came to help with the aftermath and did research like a and couple hundred right? yes yeah. a few hundred I people because love it it's a five episode miniseries we can't be introduced to a hundred different scientists yeah. and like bless up that it's a woman yeah and so she's part of uncovering what happened and going to you know check on these people that have gotten radiation burns to find out what really happened in that control room and how to prevent it again yeah well, didn't I'm sorry? Didn't she also um, prevent something worse from happening? Because she looked at the plans yes. and she was like, "Hey, dum dums." Yes. Or you know, two hundred scientists. Hey, dum dums. If you don't do this, yeah, yeah, yes. And that's something that actually happened. Um, and there is a very, very intense scene where three 
men go and 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 drain some water to avert an additional steam explosion that would have very likely killed a lot of europe uh that scene gave me i was claustrophobic i was anxious i would want to throw up it was so So good (laughs) i i wrote a note here that i don't think that i can remember a show in at least recent memory, that I had my asshole clenched (laughs) for the entire time. Like, the entire first two episodes, I felt sick to my stomach. Mm. Because you're feeling that anxiety, and a lot of it, and this is so brilliantly used, is their use of the sound of the Geiger counter. Oh, God. I can't hear that now without my asshole clenching. It's... uh because everything else is silent. Yes, you hear and then them, you just you hear them breathing through their mask with the Geiger counter and their breath accelerating. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're just hearing the Geiger counter get louder and louder and louder. Oh. You know that they're getting closer and closer to death. Oh, Jesus Christ! It was terrifying. And their use of color, mm-hmm. the the kind of puce color palette. Puce. Puce. Is that a word? It is. I like it's it. It's a color. Puce. It's a specific color. Yeah. Look it up. I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> so. That the use of the Geiger counter, the use of color, and their use of music—you oh, don't hue screen, yeah. So you don't notice the music at all, but it's always there, and it's always adding more anxiety, more tension to the situation. So incredible. There are two scenes that stood out to me as, you know, I was going to say Oscar worthy, Emmy worthy. Um, the hospital scenes where she is going to visit those first responders that were there first that oh my god got there and the description of what happens oh when god. you get radiation poisoning because you have one or two days where you think you're getting better that's yeah. where you think you're getting better and you're like I, this is They're the best all playing i playing cards and They're, shit yeah this is the best i've felt in days and then your body's like, fuck you, nope, and just, like, just kills off. all of your cells. Yeah. Just that is such a terrifying way to die, and it broke me. I was wondering why they didn't just help them out and alleviate the... Did, I mean, did they not know that that was going to happen? They knew that it was going to happen because the scientist guy said it was going to happen. I think it was, again, it was just, they just didn't want to admit that that's what it was or that was what was happening to them i don't know um yeah but i also i was reading about radiation poisoning and i guess painkillers don't work right when you are dying from that yeah which is even fucking worse i think he said something about that too where your your body's not gonna it doesn't accept anything it's not like oh it's not strong enough because the pain is so bad it's like your body literally is not functioning yeah it's not a human body anymore this crazy shit um the other scene that stood out to me is the roof cleanup scene oh my god Uh, again asshole was in my body (laughs) oh (laughs) was up into my body uh so they send these workers out and they say you have 90 seconds oh my god that's how long you can be exposed to this before you're gonna die um, we need you to pick up these things and throw them over the edge. You look over the edge, you immediately die. Don't look over the fucking edge. 
that, and then again with the goddamn Geiger counter. Oh, why did they even give it to him? Why? <laughs> to terrify us is what Jesus they did. Christ. And so you're hearing that every time he gets close to one of these rocks that it's going off the charts and he's trying to pick it up and he's stumbling because he's scared and, and he's probably they're also feeling the effects of being around this stuff. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Ugh. The bio robots as he called them. Yeah. So the other thing I really liked about this show is the naked coal miners. The naked, I love the naked coal miners so much. <laughs> oh, that is God. true. That is true fact. And oh, do you know what, what's fucking awful? They didn't have to do that. No, they didn't have to. It didn't ever no. go through the concrete. They didn't. It didn't melt down. It's so tragic. And a lot of them, many of them, died later. Yeah, um, from cancers and that kind of stuff. Jesus. Um, I loved that boardroom scenes. And scenes that should have been boring were not. Right. Courtroom scenes, things where they're all just sitting around a table talking, that's a sign of incredible writing mm-hmm. when when though that shit's not boring. Yeah. Um, I love that, like I said, the use of color in music. Um, it is something that I did not expect to like. Not that I thought it was going to be bad or whatever. I just didn't think it was a subject that I would ever care about. Because it'd be so good. Yeah. It didn't happen to us. Right. It happened to It happened USSR. in our lifetime, amazingly mm-hmm. enough. Um, I was telling Justin about a scene and I got like super passionate about it. Yeah. And it, I think it, what is, makes it, I think what makes it more enjoyable because it's so astonishing is that it actually happened and they yeah. actually tried to cover things up about yeah. that's... Oh my god! Yeah, okay. they, yes, no. It it it, it was that they, they they wouldn't admit that they had done anything wrong. Yeah, they didn't tell um, the Germans the true uh, radiation yep. readings. Yep, they gave so them the propaganda number. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's it, it's it's nuts, and that's it wasn't until so the they in the podcast he does go on to you know tell the story of of valery Lagasov and those tapes that he is recording in the show exist and they did help to kind of share the actual yes. story which so he's a hero he yeah scientist hero scientist there were a lot of scientist heroes oh, and yes. a lot of people that put their lives on the line even though they the scientists knew full well what they were walking into the workers didn't but the scientists knew yeah. what they were they knew that it was a death sentence and they were going anyways because they had to because yeah. they knew that millions possibly billions would die if they didn't get it contained so fucking a so i gave it 4.8 out of oh. 5 geiger counter clicks it lost a little bit because of how physically uncomfortable it made me. <laughs> it was hard. To, like, I had to take breaks. Oh, After wow. certain scenes. I don't think I watched full episodes. Because they were like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, they I were. I think I would watch like a half a one and yeah. then like work, you know. I had to take breaks because I noticed my I was clenching my <laughs> jaw and my asshole. Um, so I had to take frequent breaks just to kind of give myself a little bit of a breath so we lost a couple points for that not through its own fault just because of my <laughs> own enjoyment of it so um if you if you are one of our listeners that hasn't seen it um it is worth an hbo subscription you get a week free trial right you um, can do all five episodes in a week to be able to see it because it is incredible and it is going to be a mini series that people are going to talk about for a long time and it's going to sweep award season. Oh, absolutely. It's, I yeah. I think, 
for me, because we were so young when this happened, and I had heard about it, but I never, you know, I knew about the USSR. You don't really get that far when you're learning about history in school. And so seeing how the government was impacting what was happening was really, really eye-opening about mm-hmm. how bad that actually was. And I, God, I know it was terrible, but it was a terrible fucking regime. But I don't know that because yeah. I, I never learned no. that. I never learned the impact of what the fucking Kremlin because had of, on yeah, Because of by the time we were really of age to be able to understand that, the USSR was disbanded. Right. And it wasn't so in our history books it was, yet. No. And so it was... it Because was, we couldn't afford new books that were <laughs> updated to have it. Mostly. But probably. Thinking about what you just said about how regimes Ooh. and denial of certain things can cause global catastrophe. Don't get Let's me fucking Let's not lose sight of this was in the 80s, but shit like this is still happening. Not necessarily with nuclear this power. This was not that long ago. But... Yeah. With climate change, we can't pretend that things aren't happening. No, because because of our, our government is controlling it. Freedom gas, fucking a. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Okay. I. Uh, this is side sidebar. I one of my freelance jobs is I write uh, trending trending science news articles for um, a website, and this week I didn't want to write about any of the fucking news that was out. It's all because it was so. Oh, we had another hive. We hit another carbon fucking emission record. Mm-hmm. Oh, the humanity might end. It, it was too much. Yeah. I literally didn't want to write about anything. This feels like I had like to make Chernobyl. money, so I had to find something interesting. But I was <laughs> like, this, this, is, this shit's dire. Yeah. But we can keep... Just, we can if rename, our government yeah. doesn't put anything behind it and doesn't help to fix it, we're, it's Chernobyl too. Yeah. Well, scientists are at the point where they're like, thank you, individual citizens, for turning off your lights and driving less. But we need... But at the same time, we... We need policies. We love that you stopped using straws, but... We need uh, policy. (laughs) We need help. Um, Are you looking at my metal straws you say that? (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was... It is... It is an incredible piece of television. So good for yes. you, HBO. Go scientists. Maybe don't cancel your HBO subscription just yet. No. HBO, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> I got a lot of shit that I'm probably going to be talking about from HBO. But like, also stop showing me ads still. Yeah, think, it is annoying. I think we should do... Um, At least they're skippable, though. Oh, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I think we're going to need to do like a big little lies breakdown every week. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I fucking, and the fact that we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, because they're going off book. Solve the book. Yeah. Meryl, they, Meryl Streep was like, "Hey guys, hey, I'm here now. I would like to be in this. Make it work. <laughs> I'm here. Make a story around me." Yeah. So the other, uh, the other show that I contemplated talking about, but I'm worried about backlash. I think you should do a full review next week. We have been very positive. We have liked everything. I don't want to do a full review. Oh. I'm going to do just a quick... I'm, I'm, not, done. Do a I'm quick, not done with it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to do a quick... Uh, just here's here's why I don't like it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to talk about... <laughs> I'm going to talk about Good Omens. Okay. Um, it is on Amazon Prime. Good Omens, if you're not familiar, um, is based on a book by uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett um, from the like 1990 or 91. Um I read this book in college and immediately fell in love with it. It was exactly my style. I loved it. I do wish um, I would have read the book. 
the 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 book is is fun and I like the book. It's a story, just briefly, it's a story of a demon named Crowley and an angel named Aziraphale uh, who become friends on Earth oh and the best of friends. They're and so cute. they are trying to stop the apocalypse. I'm watching this show and getting mad at myself for not liking it. I'm mad at you for not liking it, and I'm only on episode two, possibly I'm, three, but I don't I'm remember. I'm seriously like, why don't you fucking like this, Emily? This is exactly your jam. This is like half the cast of Doctor Who. <laughs> what? This is fun British humor. Half why half don't you? Who. It is. Are they doing more than one season? Are they going to no. pull an American Gods and stretch No. It okay, no. Thank, They're only doing one season. Thank you, um, John Hamm. <laughs> thank you, John Hamm, for that. And your purple eyes. So, uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen are the angel and demon. Uh, David Tennant with his creepy snake eyes oh, was a highlight. Oh, slither walk. His slither. He's so slithery. And Michael Sheen is so just twee and bouncy. And- yes. Yeah, so, no, all of these things are the reasons that I should like it. Um, David Tennant yelling at plants. I, I, I liked the story in the book. And I'm sorry, I don't like it. Oh, no. I don't like it. You don't I don't like I, it. I watched all of the episodes, every one. I was trying to will myself into oh. loving it. It's just too fucking whimsical. Whimsy. <laughs> too much whimsy. Too whimsy. How dare and I, you? Like, I don't know if I'm just getting jaded in my old age or what, but I was like, Stop mm. it with the fucking whimsy. Every now and then I have that feeling where I'm like, mm. so I think it has to do when you read the book, you have time to absorb the whimsy, right? Okay. You can imagine the whimsy in your head. You can imagine these things happening. You have time to absorb it. Can you imagine uh, John Hamm in that coat with those violet purple contacts? <laughs> as Is that what's going to be Gabriel? your masturbation search bar? <laughs> John Hamm, purple eyes. Justin's going to wake up bed shaking. trench coat. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, because there's this, the story is ridiculous. The premise yeah. is ridiculous. Um, but when you're reading the book, you have time to absorb that it's ridiculous. The scenes are too fucking quick. And mm. you, you watch the scenes, you're like, was I supposed, what the fuck was I supposed to be taken out of that? I did. Uh, like stop paying attention for 13 you seconds can't. and then was lost. It was it's, the beginning of the witch storyline. And I was like, wait. Yes. Why? Why is he? What? Why are there witches? Why? And, and like <laughs> the book it's, gives you time to absorb yeah. the character's ridiculous names and all of that. And the show just doesn't do that. And I think what I was thinking about the whole time as an, a, a, what I think is a better example of how to do those kind of whimsical interludes would be the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. Because that movie... Do I have to tell you? Do I have to say it out loud? I know you don't. I know you didn't see it. (laughs) But, like, it it slowly explains this ridiculous shit, and then you're like, okay, go back to the right main story. This did it too fucking fast Mm -hmm. and too whimsically. Also, some of the acting was questionable. There not, is some not the three main babes. No. Okay. No. There is some terrible goddamn acting in this show. Um, mm. There is some acting specifically from British actors that are meant to have American accents and sound like aliens who are learning the language for the first time. 
is sound fucking ridiculous. Um, there's also people doing Scottish accents that are goddamn terrible. You can't stand next to David Tennant and do a Scottish a accent. A shitty Scottish accent. Ever. He no. barely makes English words. So, and like, it was taking me out of it. Oh. The ad, the shitty acting was taking me. It's like the bad fully, makeup in Sabrina. Yes. Right. It was t- it was making me be like this is why you don't like it. Yeah. It's because this, this there's some of the acting is shitty. Um it's too goddamn whimsical. Even with Frances McDormand as god. But her parts are all rushed and shit. And it, mm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our listeners. You I don't like need it. to give like some sort of sacrifice to Neil Gaiman. I'm sorry. I, d- I love he your is. books. That this show is shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so unrelated but important mm-hmm. to this show. Did you know that Amazon Prime shows and movies have a feature that if you hover your mouse over the where the show is. It will tell you what cast members are currently on, like, in the scene. Amazon Why do Prime, they do that to That's Justin? fucking brilliant. We watch it. Our TV's hooked up to the PlayStation. So if we, if he moves, you know, or I'll pause it to go to the bathroom or something, it pops up. I forget what it's called. X-ray? Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, me, chronic IMDb-er who, you know... But my phone was dying the other night, and I was like, "Hey, Justin, can you pause it for a sec? Because I wanted to know who I wanted to know who War yeah. who was yeah. playing War because it totally didn't look like her. It actually looked like a girl from Rock of Love. She and I was, was like, fucking, "Is she an actress now? She's, no, she was not good as an actress either. She was terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think I, it was her hair. She it was what, bad she, hair. She, she. I want War to be fucking scary. Actress. Yeah, she's. I don't like her. So, I, sorry. She. <laughs> I, I would have liked it better if she was the girl from Rock of Love. <laughs> she looked like Lacey. From Rock of Love with Brett Michaels, <laughs> which was one of the greater reality shows of our time. So, yeah, but that, that x-ray feature, because, like, it'll tell you, like, in real time. And yeah. then if characters leave the Who'd scene, at? it'll go away. So yeah. that is an up uh, for people who do podcasts of reviews of things. Yes. That's very helpful. Or Thank who just you. can't continue on with their life Thank unless you. you. No, I know him from something. I would love to see that feature on Netflix. Yeah. I would love to see that feature, like, in my brain all the time. Yeah, it's amazing. Microsoft. So, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm giving it a three out of five. That's uh, still pretty generous. It's a two out of five. Uh, <laughs> two out of sh- five shows chock full of whimsy. The whimsy. Have you ever seen... Too much. Uh, Maya Rudolph as Maya Angelou. <laughs> No whimsy. Whimsy. I I can't. I can't with the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll pay penance some way. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. Speaking of shows that we're supposed to love but don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to get Justin to watch another season of American Gods. No. That show went off the fucking rails. God damn it. That show went off the rails. Neil, you have. What are you doing? You are a powerful, (laughs) powerful creator. What are you doing? Um, Side note. Hi, mom. You would love Good Omens. She loves some whimsy. She loves whimsy. She loves David Tennant. Oh, my. You should watch Good Omens. It's on Amazon Prime. Leather Walk. You should watch it. You will enjoy it. Um, She also likes a good biblical story. Like, one of her favorite movies is Dogma. Okay. So, she, you will like this. So, you should watch it. Don't let me ruin this for you. You should watch it. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. 
Oh my goodness. Well, we're we're still going to keep on keeping on. Justin's pretty interested in it. I just I think that the two, the angel and the demon are so well acted. I but the whimsy will probably get to me at some point because again, in my deep dark core, I am fleabag. Do you have a cold <laughs> She doesn't like heart. fucking whimsy. She doesn't like whimsy. Mm. Yeah. So um, on the broader view, uh, we are going to debut a new segment this week. <laughs> it may not be a weekly segment, but I would like to make it a regular segment. Um, and we are going to be calling it uh, broad targeting. <laughs> so if you are on any social media, you are being targeted by ads. Specific. Uh-huh. Specify? Specificity? Specificity. Specificity. (laughs) Oh, oh, specifically. Specifically for you. Based on your interests, based on your search history, based on what you're saying out loud. Right now. Right now. Yeah. There are ads on it, especially Instagram and Facebook are the worst because they are owned by the same company. So what we wanted to do was talk about a specific ad that was targeted to us and how it made us feel. (laughs) <laughs> so why don't you go first? So, um, well, previously, I think we mentioned this. One of my targeted ads that I got was for lactate, mm-hmm. which is really random because, A, I don't drink milk. I use coffee creamer. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried about osteoporosis because I was just writing an article about an osteoporosis drug. Um, lactate. And, B, you're not lactose intolerant. I'm not lactose intolerant, <laughs> but I... My family likes to tell me about their digestive issues all the time. So somebody, <laughs> some being is reading my text messages and they're like, you should tell your family with the shits about lactate. <laughs> uh, the one that I got where I texted Emily and I was like, I am finally seen on my personal Instagram. I got an ad for Sandals Resort. They're finally listening. Bam. Yeah. I'll like that advertisement. Finally. I also have to learn not to like advertisements. That's also a problem. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I like that. And they're like, here's 20 more ads about it. I also shared a um, targeted ad that was targeted towards me, but I really thought it should have been targeted towards Tiffany. And I think maybe they got our phones mixed up. (laughs) It was the Macho Man Randy Savage shirt. That was, that's a Tiffany suggestion. That's That's not me. I'd wear that. Uh, Yeah. But other than that, my ads have not been a lot of home decor stuff because mm I am constantly browsing for things to decorate the house with. So I got one that has shown up multiple times to the point where I was like, fine, I'll fucking click it. Um, And (laughs) it is for a robot machine called a sous vide. So not to be mistaken with a sous vide machine. Okay, which is S-U-V-I-E. Okay. It is a giant box that's larger than a microwave it's huge there's no counter that it would fit on reasonably and it has it's a machine and has zones of temperature control it's like a combination of a steamer and an oven and a thing and they all have their own little compartments and trays because they want you to buy their meal kits that all fit in these individual trays. So I know why it was targeted towards me. I'm lazy as fuck and I can't cook. I know that's why it was targeted toward me. I I have tried every single box subscription thing in the world. (laughs) And so I know why I was being targeted. But how much is this thing? That's going to be my next question to you. So for a machine 
that does the work of several different appliances, but it was very specialized to these particular meal kits. How much do you think that should cost? How often do you have to get the meal kits? How much? Okay, initial cost. Of the machine. Just the machine? Like $200,000? for this fucking machine. Twelve hundred dollars. What? They are off their tits high and people are eating it up. People already have pre-orders. They aren't Shut even making them yet. Up. They are still on Kickstarter getting pre-orders and they're fucking targeting ads. This feels like you could just take one drop of blood and get your entire health history from it. It's um <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like the machine in Back to the Future that made the the big pizza. They had the little pizza. But it $1,200, the meal kits are $10 to $12 per serving. Per serving. serving. So we're talking each one of their meal kits is about $30 or more. For every single meal, are you fucking kidding me? Go to a restaurant Go to instead. a restaurant. And I'm not talking like, we're not talking like filet. We're not talking about, you know, scallops. We're talking about... Glazed chicken, broccoli, and rice. I can make that for four dollars total. I literally make that <laughs> once a week. We Fucking call that in a. our house stir fry. It's stir fry. Uh, goddamn outrageous. I did read later in the frequently asked questions because my Why? frequently asked question was, "Are you off your tits? Are, are you serious me. with this shit?" Excuse uh, me. None of those were in the frequently asked questions. Um, can you use your own food? Yes, you can put your own food in it, but it's these little trays. So you can't use you're gonna have to you are gonna have to make up your own recipes yeah because you you put the your trays in and then you put timers for each one this and is when like some you Jetsons want, bullshit it is some Jetsons bullshit could no no what if this company goes out of business then, and you can't get their meal kits anymore then you have a twelve hundred dollar kind of monsters backed this Kickstarter listen I've backed fuck. several Kickstarters in my life two and um <laughs> that wouldn't be one of them. To a twelve hundred dollar giant microwave, humans, guys. humans, guys. Your life is not guys. that bad. You can cook a fucking meal. Uh, you know, I I am one to throw money at things to uh, save time. And the air fryer, what a great, what yeah. a great little invention. The instant pot, same thing. Yeah, this is not that. <laughs> Don't target her. Don't target me, Suvi. Go fuck off. <laughs> um, so I'm going to rate it two ways. Okay. Uh, four out of five for targeting. Yeah. Because, you know, oh. it, you're targeting the exact right person for this. Yeah. But one out of five for the idea and the price. What the <laughs> fuck are you thinking? That's a shit idea. It's a shit idea. You're, you're shit. Your idea is shit. Uh, go throw your box over the wall at Chernobyl. Fuck you. <laughs> I wonder how much radiation you get from that. Are people still afraid of microwave radiation? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. It's nothing. <laughs> anyway, so on that note, my goodness, several nuclear meltdowns. I hate when people say nuclear. Nuclear. Let's just add some letters it's in. It's pronounced nuclear. Well, this was great. Yeah. And we are going to have another fun-filled week of uh, things to absorb to review for you next week. Yeah. Um, don't forget to subscribe right. on iTunes. Um, also, throw us a little rating, a little reviewsies if Pretty you got some time. Uh, we're also on Spotify, still on SoundCloud, 
And uh, Stitcher, if you find yourself going that way. <laughs> Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. And follow us on all the social medias. We love uh, we love comments. Yeah. We like we like comments. So comment about what you thought or what whether you well I mean if you disagreed with us, tell us why you disagreed with us. Um We're gonna shame you. We're gonna shame you and tell you that you're wrong. But you but know, do let it. us know. Give do it, it a try. See how it goes. <laughs> All right, uh, Emily's mom, thanks for listening. (laughs) And we will be back next week. Yeah. Uh, Best wishes. And warmest regards. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.